Okay, so once again, good afternoon. Um, I'm excited about the things of God. I'm excited about the move of God. I'm excited about what God is doing, not just for me, but for all of you that I'm speaking to and I'm hearing and I'm hearing and I'm hearing what God is doing. So let me be the first to congratulate you all um, for stepping into this new phase of life. I want to congratulate you all for beginning to step into this new phase of destiny. I want you to really understand that even if you don't see the fruit yet in your own lives, and I believe everybody's seeing some kind of fruit, everybody. But even if you're not, I want to just say you stepped into the land and it's just a minute, it's a matter of time. And I just want you to be uh, excited about it. Um, I was, Talking to Lindsay the other day, we, were, we went for a walk. I had, had my car somewhere near her getting fixed. So we met up for breakfast and then we went for a walk. And I was explaining to her how I felt. And like right in the middle of the park, I just screamed at the top of my lung. Just a, just a, a ah, you know? And I didn't care who saw me and who heard and who looked. It was the only thing I can find to express what I sensed what was going on in the realm of the spirit. I, I, there were no words. It was just, just this excitement, what God is doing for us, the Vision Builders team. Um, God has promised me that he's going to prosper everyone on the team. And my goal and my focus has been the prosperity of the team, the prosperity of the people that are with me. That, and those of you who've been around me and work with me, you know I will put my team before myself. And um, so this is the goal for me. So I've been watching what's been happening. So a couple of things I want to point out. I've been praying for years for a social media guru person to work it. And um, we tried different people and we even paid people and they were full of crap. And they'll give you the same old techniques. Just follow a bunch of people and hopefully they'll all follow you back. And then maybe you can send them a message. <laughs> It's all a waste of time. And when Nelly came on as a partner, it was on my heart to dump that on her and say, it's your destiny to, to become this social media person, this guru. And just like anybody else, it's kind of like, eh. but I had to rebuke her a couple of times and say, no, don't do it if you're not committed to it. If you're not committed to it, put it down. Just don't do it. If you're not going to do it, don't have to do it. Well, she committed to it. And I watch and got and people have told me, and I'm sharing this with you because everybody here who has any kind of talent or skill or ability that you want to grow a business, you're gonna to have to do it on social media. There's no way around it. Um, that's the market right now. Or you're gonna pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in marketing, which is ridiculous when you can do it yourself. Um, she committed to it and she began to really look deeper into it. And 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 I would send her here. Why don't try this? Here, why don't you do this? And she'll send me stuff. I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Bottom line is, people say, if you don't love it, don't do it. Don't do it to be famous. Do it because you love it. And if you're consistent, it will start to pay off. And I'm sharing this as a praise report because it's a praise report for the business and for her and for myself. But um, videos that would be posted would probably get about 25, 30 views. We'd be happy with that maybe like three or four comments, kept staying consistent. 
we posted a video a month ago and it went to 56,000 views. We po posted a video three days ago and it went to 20,000 views. And I'm just watching God and his obedience because he said, it's not gonna take us two years. I just need you to obey. What I'm, what I'm sharing with you today and why I'm sharing this with you is because it really comes down to simple obedience. I just bought a car not that long ago and I still have my Ford Flex in, in um, Florida. And two days ago, I just literally paid both of them totally off. It's not about the money, it's about the obedience. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or right standing with him and all these things will be added. This is a promise. This is, this is what, no, no, let me, yeah, let me say a better word for your babies. And that's not just a promise. Are you listening? It's a desire of God. See, I see you, you're caught that. It's not just a promise, it's his desire. It's what he wants to do. He wants to bless you. It gives, God, the Bible says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So if things, if you talk about things that you take pleasure in, it makes you smile, right? When you think about things that bring you joy, it, it makes you all warm and bubbly inside. God is saying, I get warm and bubbly and, and, and joyful and smile when you prosper. He takes pleasure in the process. So it's his desire. He's not holding it back, waiting for you to behave just right so he can give you a quarter. He desires to prosper us. He takes pleasure in it. And it all comes down to just obedience, not labor and hard work. He says that. He says, foolish to rise up early and go to bed late and eat the bread of anxious toil, for God blesses his beloved in their sleep. It's, it's the principles of God's protection. So when I'm talking about God protecting you and I'm sharing about harm and the enemy coming against you and, and, and this disease or that, I know you also understand this. Poverty is also an attack. Lack is also a disease. It, it, that's not a disease. Yes, it is. Lack and poverty is a disease. How do you figure that? Let's break the words down, shall we? Greek prefix, this means without. The second word, ease. Lack of ease, this ease. When you can't pay your bills, you are not at ease. It's this ease. Lack of comfort. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Anything that goes against what God wants for you is an attack. And God's protection covers all that. Amen? Amen. So let's get, let's get this flowing here. I'm not going to go back to the verses again because I know I won't get out of them. But I'm just going to talk about them a little bit. Isaiah 54, we read and we learned from verses 11 to 17 that he creates the smith that makes the code, that creates the weapons. He said, but if it comes at you, it's not of him. And he went on to say, no weapon formed against you out of these weapons that he actually had designed shall prosper. Prosper means win, increase, 
amount to something. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's not of me. Then we went into Isaiah 59, and he talked about when the enemy comes in, like a flood, he raises a standard to wash him away. He's the flood, not the enemy. And none of the enemy's attacks toward you are designed to win by God. By the enemy, yes. And by your faith and your acceptance, yes. But it's not God's plan for you. We understand this? So we won't go hard on that again today. What I do want you to do, though, if I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 8. I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 8. And I, and I oh, my God, this. So we did some Old Testament. Today we're going to do some new. Romans chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 15. Are you ready? So when people try to say that stuff is Old Testament, that don't apply to us. I don't know who would say stupid stuff like that. He's the same guy yesterday, today, and forever. But just in case, he says, watch this, starting at verse 15. For the spirit which you have now received is not the spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. What spirit have you now received? Come on, talk to me. What spirit have you now received? That's the benefit of having your hair. Y'all can answer me. The Holy Spirit, thank you. The spirit you now receive said the Holy Spirit is not a spirit of slavery to put you into bondage, into fear. So listen to me. So he's saying to you, I didn't give you the Holy Spirit for you to still be walking in fear. I didn't give you the Holy Spirit for you to still be in bondage. I didn't give you the Holy Spirit for you to still be struggling. I didn't give you the Holy Spirit for you to still be confused and afraid and not knowing how you're going to meet your next need or accomplish what he's called you to do or become everything he's told you you are. I didn't give you the Holy Spirit to be afraid. That's the old spirit, he said. It's not that spirit. The spirit that you have now, watch this, is not to put you in the bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. The spirit pronouncing sonship in the bliss of which we cry out, Abba, Father. Our Abba, Father. Say that three times fast. <laughs> he said the spirit of yesterday or before you were in bondage, you were slavery. You were under laws, you were under rules, and you were being judged, and other people had them under bondage. He's saying, but the spirit that you have now, it's no longer bondage or fear attached to it. It's a spirit of liberation, of peace, of joy, where you can cry daddy. Basically what he's saying, I've adopted you as my own and protect you and provide for you in such a way that you can now identify me as father, daddy. Are you listening to me? So that means it's not God's intention for you to be acting like a slave or to be in fear, perpetual fear. And, and I'm going to tell you something. This is very important to me because God showed me something. When all this police stuff was being broadcast on the news, and I like to say broadcast on the news, all these cop killings being broadcast on the news. I want you to pay attention to the fact that I'm saying being broadcast on the news. I want, I want you to understand the propaganda of it because they ain't stopped killing us. They've been doing it for years. 
But in certain seasons, when they want to put us in check, they run it all through the news to put us in this place of fear and it's concern. I'm driving down the street every time a cop pulled by me, I'm feeling all kind of tension around me. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I call Abba Father to get God. I'm not gonna be riding around in fear every time I see a, a, a light flash behind me. I'm adopted into the kingdom. You're not listening to me right now. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm supposed to expect good and protection to, to cover me. I'm not supposed to walk under the bondage like, I, like we read last week. This evil is in the world, God said, but any that comes against you is not of me. No weapon formed against you should prosper. He didn't say they won't form weapons against you, but he said it shouldn't prosper. I don't know about you, but even if you just read the, 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 um, the, the goodness and mercy should follow me all the days of my life. Is that the 23rd Psalm or the 25th? I get them mixed up sometimes. You can look it up. It ends. Surely goodness and mercy should follow me. That's Psalms 23, right? Yeah. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I, I, I want you to say that out loud. Like really accept that. Truly, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Okay, follow you. If you don't have goodness and mercy, turn around and look. It's following you. Take a few steps back, you'll bump into it. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then he said, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, meaning after I leave here, I will dwell in God's presence. I, I'm, I'm making this point for a reason. Listen to me close. Because when I sign to get soft like that, I'm like, I'm gonna bring the, listen to me close. <laughs> I don't think you heard me. Okay, now listen to me close. And it ends with, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I've heard taught and people would beat me over the head to make me believe that the pain and suffering is for this earth. But when I finally get to heaven, it's going to be good and peace and joy and happiness and dancing in the street. But he said, all the days of my life, that's your living days, your living days, goodness and mercy shall follow you. And then when you move on, you will dwell in the house of the Lord because goodness and mercy don't need to follow you once you get to the kingdom because you're protected forever. You understand me now? Yes. It is not God's desire for you to be beat around. It's not. So I'm showing you it again now in the, in the New Testament. So let's keep going. So he said, he didn't give you the spirit of fear. That's not the spirit you received. It puts you in slavery to bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. So you didn't just get adopted. You received the whole anointing and spirit that goes with being adopted. The spirit producing sonship or daughtership, however you want to put it, in the bliss of which we cry, and that's why I like this amplified. He didn't say whereby we cry, he said in the bliss, in the excitement, in the joy. What is bliss? What is bliss? Because bliss goes, people don't use bliss to describe something that makes them happy. Bliss is when everything is peace, tranquility, everything you can imagine, just. He said, in the bliss wherein you cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself, watch this, his, the spirit he just talked about, that spirit he just gave you, the spirit himself 
and I want to make sure I make this point. And, and even though it's a little side journey, I want to make sure my children get this. Listen to me, kids, family. It doesn't say the spirit itself. It says the spirit himself. Please stop referring to the Holy Spirit as an it. If, if the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, then why are you calling him it? It's him. And his word right there says the spirit himself thus testifies together with our spirit. This Holy Spirit himself. How many of you are going to watch yourself from now? You ain't going to call the Holy Spirit it. The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit himself testifies. Ready? With our spirit. Together with our spirit. What does that mean? I know we can read those little sayings. They sound cute and biblical, but we don't give any thought to them. The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. What does that mean? Well, what do you do when you testify? You're not going to answer? You talk. You share your story. You share your experience. He said the Holy Spirit himself has a conversation with our spirit and they testify together. I've been in the church a long time. I didn't know I ever taught me that. I said, whoa, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit and my spirit get together and have a testimony service. They have a conversation. And my spirit shares story and the Holy Spirit share one. And they go back and forth and they testify together. The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, assuring that we are children of God. Holy Spirit gets together with my spirit and says, no, you as child. Yeah, I know, but I got, no, but you his child. Yeah, I know, but sometimes, no, but you his child. Yeah, I am his child. That's right, you his child. You, wow, wow, you know, Holy Spirit. You're right, of course I'm right. I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you his child. He takes care of you. Yeah, he take care of me. That's right. I ain't no weapon from the, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Of course, I said it first. Okay. <laughs> Holy Spirit, my spirit get together, have a conversation. Start testifying of the goodness of God confirming to me that I'm his child, assuring me that I'm his child. And if we are children of God, then we are also heirs. We're heirs to salvation, you're heirs to whatever the father has. If you're an heir, you're heir to whatever he has. Why do you think Jesus said, and the works that I do, you should do also and greater? Because he left everything he had to us as heirs. He laid down his life so that the testament or the will and testament, as they call it, Old Testament, New Testament, when you want to leave something to somebody, when you die, you write a will and testament. And he wrote the testament and he said, now I'm going to lay down my life and all of my possessions now are your inheritance. That passed to you. There was a reading of the will. You missed it. And in that reading, he said, all that I have, all of the gifts that I possess, all the power that's been given to me, the righteousness, the purity, the holiness, I be, what's it, be, bequeath unto thee 
all unto you. It's ours. It's ours. It's been given to us. It's written. He laid down his life so that it would be real. And it's now ours. You are an inheritor of everything that pertains to life and godliness. Or wisdom, or insight, or direction, or healing, or whatever. This is part of the protection of God. Hmm. He was wounded for our transgressions. This is what he's saying. This is part of your, the will. This is the will reading. He was bruised for my iniquities. So he took care of those. The chastisement of my peace. Took care of that. By his stripes, you are healed and made, or were healed and made whole. If you were, then you are. And if you are, then you is. Well, come on, we got people of color on here. We got to speak the language. Here's my saying. You have inherited. Say it. I have already inherited. So I'm asking you to stop trying to receive what you've already inherited. Stop begging for and praying for and asking God for what you've already inherited. I feel like sometimes I pray and God don't answer my question. Well, it's kind of stupid to answer something that's already done. Sometimes prayer take a while. It take a while for you to line up with the fact that it's already yours. If you ask me to cash up you $100, and I do, and then you keep texting me every 10 minutes saying, when you going to cash up, when you going to cash up, I'm not responding to your stupidness. I already did it. I did it five days ago. He did it 2,000 years ago. He cash apped you. It's in the account. If you don't go get it out and use it, whose fault is that? You've inherited it. You're not going to inherit you're not even going to inherit eternal life. You already have. It's time for us to get the will, read it, find out what belongs to us, and claim it. Go before the court and stand before the judge and say, listen, there's some things do me here according to the reading of the will and testament here. And um, I'm coming to get my stuff. And you wanna know what's funny about that? The judge who resides over the court is the one who wrote the will. So he's gonna go, oh yeah, I know that. I've been waiting for you. He ain't gotta fight for it. He ain't gotta argue with God about it. He's gonna go, yeah, so I already know, I wrote it. I was wondering when you go, it's right over there, just go get it. I ain't anybody, giving, anybody keeping it from you. I don't know if you'll believe me or not, but I believe me and it's working. That's all I can say. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his sufferings if we share his glory. And this is where the church we read that one verse, and that verse becomes the verse. All is promised, you must share his sufferings. See, you got to suffer like Jesus. See, but you got to suffer like Jesus. He don't mean hanging on the cross. You can't die for nobody's sins. So he ain't talking about that. So what do you mean share his sufferings? 
hmm, let's see what kind of sufferings Jesus had to endure in his life. Wow, share his sufferings. Hmm, people talked about him. People didn't like him. People have something bad about everything to say about everything he did. They call him a devil, you know, yet all the miracles and all the blessings and all the air stuff was way more. Jesus didn't suffer until it was cross time. Right. And that was for our sins. Right. Well, you can't suffer somebody's sins. So basically you're going to suffer rejection. You're going to suffer persecution. People are going to talk crap about you. They're going to reject you. He said they don't even want to put you to death. That don't mean you got to accept that. You can stand. Well, I know, I, I know this pastor told this story to me a long time ago. And he said they captured them. They were in Africa and they tied them all up, him and a whole bunch of people. And he said, and they went by one to each one of them and said, renounce the Lord. And if they said no, they shot him and they died. He said, when he got to him, before they got to him, he said, God asked him a question. Do you forgive them? He said, yeah, I, I forgive them, Lord. He said, they came to him, they shot, the gun didn't go off. They shot again, the gun didn't go off. They shot again, the gun didn't go off. They took him down and they let him go. He said, but God had a plan. He wanted them to die, but he didn't want me to die. And I was like, and that's your, and then I pulled him aside at the end of service. I was no pastor, anything leader. I was just a church member with understanding that that didn't make sense to me. Right. And I walked over to him and I said, so you really believe God chose for all of them to die and just to let you go, huh? Well, yeah, well, you know, what happened? I said, do you think God maybe asked them all the same question? Do you think that he didn't give everybody a, a, a way out? Do you think that they were so afraid or so bitter or so angry that they couldn't respond like you responded? How do you know that God chose for them to die by gunshot? What in your mind, and I asked him that scripture, no weapon formed against you should prosper. What made you think that maybe that might be what he wanted for them? I said, I can see if that's a revelation you got, but that's something you just came up with based on the way the outcome was. Why am I making this as a point? Because we have a tendency based on the way things happen around us to judge God and put God into our book and make him subject to our beliefs or our conditions. If things don't work for us, that must be God. He didn't tell you that. You didn't even seek him to find out. You just decided it must be. Can't be me, must be him. But God's saying, I sent you the manuscript. I gave you my promises. How much of you, it you choose to believe is up to you. And we could get off of this broadcast today and say, I still don't believe that, I believe, and I would say amen and let the suffering begin. I got no problem with that. I don't have a problem with people suffering. I don't. I don't have a problem with people going through pain. I don't have a problem with people dying with cancer and disease. I don't have a problem with none of that. Matter of fact, if the enemy come to me with it, I'm gonna tell them to take it over to you because you are looking for it. I'm not accepting it. My point is I'm not accepting anything but the promise of God. That's the stand I've taken. According to your faith, be it unto you. That's the stand I've taken. People will hate me for it. Church folk will mock me for it. People will put me down for it. Are you teaching that prosperity thing? Is that bad? You saying that like that's bad? That's bad? Oh, you want a prosperity teacher? That's bad? First of all, I ain't a money teacher. 
I'm a seek ye first in the kingdom of God, teacher. But his word promises all these things to be added to you if you do. I ain't never told you to seek prayer about fast about money. I don't. I never do. I don't pray about money. I say, God, what say ye? Where do you want me? And which way do I go? Do I go left or do I go right? Do I go forward? Do I go back? Do I stop and stand still? What is it you want me to do in this life? And how do you want me to do it? And in this season, he told me, bless the promised land family. So here's what I'm saying. Watch this. And if we are his children, my God, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And fellow heirs with Christ. Somebody say, and fellow heirs with Christ. What does that mean? He said, that's my brother. What else? God, you saying it because they ain't saying nothing. Go ahead, Kwame. You share the same thing. You're a fellow heir. You share what he gets. I didn't hear that because you got a little more excited. It just said you're a fellow heir with Christ. So that means whatever he gets, you got. Whatever belongs to him belongs to you. Why do you think it's the scripture says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? He didn't say in you. He said in him. You fellow heirs. You share what he shares. You have access to what he, he sits on the right hand of the father. So do you. Uh, I don't know about that. The scripture says that in Ephesians chapter one. And we've been raised together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He sits at the right hand of the father. So do I. I'm going to speak for me. I'm going to speak for you. You speak for yourself. And so do I. I'm God's right hand man. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Well, if you want to share the inheritance and you want to share the last name, then you're going to share what goes with it. You'll suffer with him. Now, there's two things to look up on the word suffer. And I had to really go mess with that. Because I said, well, suffer with him. Well, yeah, persecution, people talking about you, all of that. But God, what else does it mean? Because I've seen the word suffer used differently. So, so, so who knows where I'm going, right? Because if we go to Romans chapter eight, I'm going to the King James and I'm going to go to my, I want, I want you to see this. I'm going to my um, concordance, mm -hmm. right? And I want you to see this. It says, and we're heirs and joint heirs with him that we suffer with him so that we may be also glorified together. And the word suffer is the same word. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. You sure? Yes, sir. Where Jesus said, suffer the children to come unto me. For such is the kingdom of God. I don't know if you understand, he wasn't telling the disciples to go beat the kids. He didn't say go burn them with cigarettes and torment them. And he said, they tried to stop him from coming, stop the kids from coming to him. And he said, don't do that. Suffer them to come to me. Well, wait, 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 wait that's a different, that, what, what, what's suffer then? 
Because obviously it means something different than what I know suffer to mean. Suffer means allow. Allow means permit. And if you permit, if you're willing to suffer like Jesus, meaning willing to wait and do the will of the Father like he said, you reign in glory with him. If you're willing to be patient like him and stay the course like him and walk the walk like him and do what he tells you to do, if you're willing to put up with that and whatever goes with that, then you will rule with him and reign with him. You share glory with him. And it's the same process. Do what he did, act the way he hacked, walk the way he walked, and you see the same rewards he sees. So right now, and I'm going, well, God, I'm taking flack from people from left and right, right? All of a sudden, since I decided to stand up and step into what's mine. Mm -hmm. And he said, and take it and receive it and walk in it and be proud of it and keep your head up high and don't be ashamed and weeping may do it for a night, but joy will come in the morning but stay the course, you are heirs, you have inherited. And if you stay the course and not be pulled to the left and the right by people, how they act, what they do and what they say, you will see the reward. You will reign with him, you will rule with him, you are an heir, all the promises of God are yours for him. He said, we reign together, we're heirs together, we share in the same fellowship as Christ. Well, is that hard to believe? Well, why would he call you the body of Christ? He can't bless the head and curse the body. It's all one body. You are protected. And your protection goes beyond earthly. It's spiritual. It's deep. But you have to die to the flesh. And the more your flesh controls and the more... Anger and emotion, that's what God told me. You know, you can, he said to me, sickness, no, lack, no, but people can come at you emotionally and just break you down. And once he told me that, I was like, no, no more, no more. And those of you around me, you've seen the change. I'm like, nope, no, no. they said such that. Well, whatever, because I'm not missing out on my inheritance by being broken down because of persecution. All the promises of God are yea and amen. And if you are children of God, then you're heirs of God and joint heirs sharing the same life conditions of power. And I just want to end it on this note. With Christ. And I told you, you got the same anointing as Jesus, but I want you to understand the balance of that because that's not the most accurate of translations. I said it that way to make you understand. He said, join heirs with Christ sharing in the same, as heirs sharing in the same um, gifts and attributes. But it didn't say join heirs with Jesus. And this is what I wanna close with. It said join heirs with Christ. And there's a distinction when the Bible says Jesus or Christ, because people think Christ is his name. It's not his name. That's a title. Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. Now, um, and, and that word, of course, that's the English translation, 
But Mashiach, which is Messiah in Hebrew, means the one who comes to heal, save, deliver, redeem. So when he says you're joint heirs with Christ, he's moving beyond the ministry of Jesus and saying his title and what his purpose was. So that means you're joint heirs with deliverance, healing. You're here to be to people what Jesus was to us and is to us. You are joint heirs in his anointing and his power, his burden removing, yoke destroying power. You are heir of that power. You are joint heirs with Christ. The anointed one is an anointing. You are joint heirs with what he came to do and all the abilities that you need to do it. Right. Nothing is withheld from you. You are redeemed from the curse of the law, for it is written, curse is anyone who hangs on a tree. We have been saved to duplicate him, to be equal in our walk, in our talk, and in our power of deliverance for people. Yes, yes. We're here for that. So I'm asking all of us this season and time, dig in deeper, stop praying about you, pray about what God has you here to do. And if you do, you will be taken care of on one side and down the other. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and right standing with him in all these things. You don't have a problem with the things, but don't seek things, seek him. Being an heir is more important and more powerful than any gift he can give you in the earth. You are an heir with the Christ, with the anointing, in full power, and in total remedy. I thank you, Father, today for your people hearing this word. Keep giving it to me the way you've given it to me so I can keep giving it to them. And we decide after today from this moment forward, we walk with you. We share in our inheritance. We walk in that power. We put our pride, we put our emotions, jealousy, shame, guilt, and all that other stupid fleshly stuff, insult. Help us rise above all of that. We have a purpose here and we shall fulfill it. And we thank you for the anointed to do so. For Philippians 2.13 says, not in our own strength, but you work in us both to will and to do your good pleasure. And we receive it and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your time, saints. Let's take a little moment and meditate and give him praise. And I'll see you next week.